Well, welcome to Great Sacred Music. Welcome to St. Martin the Fields. A special welcome to those joining us online. Uh, and today we're reflecting on contemporary hymn writers. To take us back to 1813, in 1813, Reginald Heber, the writer, as you may know, of brightest and best of the sons of the morning, not only felt he had to write to the Archbishop of Canterbury to ask permission to publish a collection of hymns, including that one, but found that the Archbishop said no. Why did the Archbishop say no? Because that was the kind of thing Methodists did. Well, no more need be said, really. Um, it was on the death of Reginald Heber in Trichinopoly, after baptizing a thousand people and then being dropped in a cold bath and having a heart attack, none of which is particularly relevant, but nonetheless interesting, uh, that his hymns were published in the late 1820s and became part of the Church of England's reception of and acceptance of the singing of hymns after the Second World War, there was a generation of hymn writers eager to adapt the Christian imagination to the modern world. Meanwhile, the charismatic revival of the last third of the 20th century produced an outpouring of choruses. So those two traditions have often overlapped in vigorous and generative ways, and we're going to look at the outpouring of that convergence in our time together today. We're going to start, as we always do, at Great Sacred Music by singing a hymn together, which you can find on the inside of the sheets, and is written by Robert Willis, the former Dean of Canterbury from 2001 to 2022, best known for the cat that used to walk all over him during morning prayer during the live streams of the pandemic. Here he sees the life of discipleship as a pilgrimage. He's particularly fascinated by the children of Israel's experience in the wilderness. Famine, plague, and sword triggered the exodus, but once across the Red Sea, trials were not over. The hymn is a lament, facing up to sorrow and suffering with faith, hope, and love. The ultimate inspiration is Christ crucified, and you can see that in each of the verses, almost a refrain, wounded feet, wounded hands, and wounded heart. It's sung to Vaughan Williams' tune, Kingsfold, which suits the blend of aching grief and abiding trust. We remain seated, the voices stand and lead us as we sing Earth's fragile beauties we possess.
Well, we're going to hear two contemporary hymns now, one by an evangelical and the other by a Catholic. Christ Be In My Waking uh, is written by Stuart Townend, a leading contemporary hymn writer, fresh and tuneful pieces such as In Christ Alone and How Deep the Father's Love have kept alive traditions of conventional hymns in the realms of evangelical piety. His compositions, as you may know, have an uncompromising insistence on the doctrine of penal, penal substitutionary atonement, which means we don't tend to sing them too often. Here, we won't be singing one of those today, but we will be singing uh, a setting of his where he adapts the ancient theme of St. Patrick's breastplate to perceive Christ in all the moods and activities of the day. The original words, both those that begin, I bind unto myself today, and those that divert to Christ be with me, were probably written in the 8th century, but they're invariably attributed to St. Patrick during his work in Ireland in the 5th century. Then we're going to hear uh, and Lesser Grain, which is written by Bernadette Farrell, who also wrote the piece we began with a few moments ago. She's a community organizer and liturgical specialist, born in Yorkshire, but living in London for the last 40 years or so, uh, perhaps the leading Catholic hymn writer of her generation. Her hymns, O God, You Search Me and You Know Me, and Christ Be Our Light are among the best known of all contemporary hymns. Her 1983 hymn, Unless a Grain of Wheat, is a meditation on John's Gospel, taking themes that speak of Jesus' sacrificial call on all disciples. Let's enjoy these two hymns now.
Well, we're now going to hear a piece written by Timothy Dudley Smith, whose influence on contemporary British hymnody is immeasurable. He wrote Tell Out My Soul back in, I think, 1966. He wrote Lord for the Years in the late 80s, I think. And he's now about 157 years old, as by my calculations, so he must be something like that, because I think he's still alive. And uh, he is the very definition of a legend, former Bishop of Thetford. He uh, wrote this hymn, Hymns and Psalms and Sacred Songs. In some ways, you can see the, the, the nature of this hymn as being an ecumenical gesture because there are always hymn wars in congregations, those who want the guitars and the choruses and those who want proper hymns and the organ. Uh, and of course, they both feel they're right. Uh, but by taking this line from a boat, which is found twice in the New Testament, Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3, hymns and psalms and sacred songs, he's basically saying we've always had all of them, right back to the beginning of the New Testament, so deal with it. That's the general gist of this hymn. But of course, it's done in a very wonderful way. Uh, and it's, uh, I wondered when I was talking to Andrew about the selection for today, whether Tom, Timothy Dudley Smith really counted as a contemporary hymn writer, even though he is technically still alive, so I guess that makes him contemporary. Uh, but Thomas Hewitt-Jones is definitely a contemporary composer, so he slips in under the radar. Thomas Hewitt-Jones has done a new setting of hymns and psalms and sacred songs, and we're going to enjoy it now.
it's time for us all to sing again. If you'd like to take your sheets uh, and turn to the right-hand inside page, we find a hymn from one of the most prolific and prophetic hymn writers working today. Ali Barrett is chaplain to St. Catherine's College, Cambridge, but her main distinction in life is having been one of my wife's students at Cambridge in the mid-1990s, and it doesn't get better than that. She's also an accomplished preacher and liturgist with experience training clergy for ordination. This hymn is a powerful assertion of the nature of vocation, and if you can cast your minds back, if you were in the conversation uh, just over 10 years ago uh, when the movement for the ordination of women as bishops, which was finally passed in 2013, was coming to a head, this became quite a signature tune for that movement and remains associated with it. We remain seated and the voices stand and lead us as we sing hope of our calling.
Well, we're coming towards the end of Great Sacred Music uh, for this week. If uh, you've enjoyed yourself, I hope you have. There's an opportunity to make a donation by cash or by swipe card as you leave. And if you're joining us online, you can text us or go on the website and part with all your worldly wealth to enable Great Sacred Music to continue long into the future. On Sunday, our sister program, Choral Classics, continues on 3.15 with Lord of All Faith, working its way through the Lord of All Hopefulness themes. And of course, next uh, Wednesday is the beginning of Lent, Ash Wednesday, also Valentine's Day. You can make of that combination what you will. Uh, we're going to mark it with the journey into Lent as the theme of Great Sacred Music next Thursday. And we're going to finish with a hymn by John Bell, possibly without parallel in terms of his influence on contemporary hymn writing in the United Kingdom. Like many of his hymns, this hymn originates in a Scottish folk tune, in this case, Ways Me for Prince Charlie. He, here he takes the swaddling clothes wrapped around the baby Jesus as the pretext for finding a shawl that's woven by us all. Each of the verses introduce us to the panoply of characters that have been a part in the tapestry of this holy cloth, claimant and queen, wage earners in between, hungry and poor, the sick and the unsure, wrinkled or fair, carefree or full of care. Bell is never afraid to take a risk with a lyric in order to keep the gospel's social and theological edge, but he's rigorous in ensuring every hymn is tried for years before being published. So all his work is thoroughly road tested. I hope you've enjoyed all of these contemporary hymn writers. Thanks for joining us. Beneath that angel, don't 